Math. No matter what, is that an insult to you? What? That your time your class was like math class? No, that's actually quite um, insightful because I really like math, oh. and so it would make sense that there's a temperamental affiliation. You know that the way I teach Tiny probably is, reflects something about my personality. If you like math and I like math, and uh -huh. that might make a lot of sense. I don't know if it makes the world a better place. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but there, there is something to math. No, you said it's like a theory. It's a way to talk, right? It's no way of thinking. Yeah. Math can be summarized in one very simple thing. Problem solving. No. Oh. You think about something more abstractly, you see relationships that weren't there before. That's basically it. If you think about something more abstractly, you can see relationships. You can see relationships that weren't there before. And if you limit that to things that are purely quantitative, then you have math. If you do that with things that are qualitative, then you go beyond math. Anyway, math. All right. So, moreover, we're at where it says moreover which is after footnote nine. So now we're going to learn what's special about the wisdom of the nations of the world, which is known in uh, Hasidic terminology as chachmas chetzenis, external wisdoms. Are we finishing eight today? We are finishing eight. So what I'm going to do to make sure we actually finish is I will read from the beginning to the end, and then we'll spend the rest of the time explaining. Good? Yeah. Moreover, the uncleanliness of the science of the nations is greater than that of profane speech. In other words, what is, why do you say profane speech? It should say idle speech, whatever. Idle chatter, it's the same thing in the Hebrew. Four, the latter, meaning idle chatter, defiles only the midas, the emotions which emanate from the element of the holy ruach, the spirit, the wind of his divine soul. That is what is contaminated with the klipas noga, which is contained in his idle speech which is derived from the evil element of Ruach of the Klippa, of his animal soul, as mentioned above. So, which part of your animal soul, which part of your godly soul do you defile by wasting time and engaging in idle chatter? The emotions. Are you wasting emotions? You're defiling the emotional part of your godly soul, which I'll talk, come back to explaining what that means. Yet, he does not defile the intellectual faculties of his godly soul. What? If you are speaking about nonsense, if you're just wasting time chatting about the weather and politics and who knows what else? If you're not intellectual. Well, that's what we're going to get to. Then you are not contaminating the intellect of the godly soul, only the emotions. For they are words of foolishness and ignorance, since even fools and ignoramuses can Wait, speak that way. I don't try to... Um, Contaminates which part? The emotions. The emotions. Now, here we have an important... I'm going to explain. Here we have an important litmus test. What makes something idle chatter and not wisdom? What does it say? What does it say? Read the text. If they're words of foolishness and ignorance, then it's mere idle chatter. How do we know if it's words of foolishness and ignorance? If fools and ignoramuses can speak about it. So here's the rule. If you could have the conversation you're having, with a very low level of intelligence or being ill-informed, then by definition that's going to be called? A fool and, and unintentional. 
chatter. Idle chatter. On the other hand, in order to have, participate in this conversation, you need to be smart and well-educated, then yeah. what you're engaged uh, in we is... We did it last time. So we're saying now that idle chatter is only if it's like... One second, one second. One second, one second. No. 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 Last class, we must make a chart, right? We must. Yes, we must. Okay. Okay. Ready? So we have, we have here, uh, let's get this right. Mitzvah speech. That would be Torah, mitzvahs, brachas, right? Yeah. Okay. Then you have what you would call, I call Yishuv Ha'elam, and we're going to call that. Did I get that right? No, no, no. <laughs> I never do. Uh, it's so right. And so, if you stop. What? Next one is Seri. N-E-C-E. N-E-C-E. There's no E. No, no. Yeah, necessary. That's an A. That's an A. No, there's no E. There's no A there. Okay. That's an E. No, it's not. Yeah. Fine, it doesn't matter. A, no, the E and the end is totally wrong. There's a Y. It's an A. Yeah, perfect. Necessary speech. So that would be like. What would be an example of necessary speech? Speaking to your doctor. What else? Practical neighbors. Practical neighbors, right? Your boss. Right? Okay. Yeah, your boss. Okay. Then you have idle speech. Which is not necessary, but you're not saying something that's forbidden. And finally, you have. Is this not a scale of like idle? Or did. Uh, no, because I think idle is worse than forbidden. No. What's forbidden speech? Lashonhara, uh, you know. Doesn't person. idle speech come under forbidden? No. Review very quickly because we don't want to waste time. But we have to learn, right? This is kedusha, right? right. This is klipas noga, but ultimately it's going to be transformed into kedusha because it's necessary, right? This is the three impure klipas, yeah, right. right? What's this? It's klipas noga, unless you're a man. It's klipas noga, but does it ever get elevated? No. No. Why not? Because it doesn't serve any purpose. Right. I'm like, okay, good. And it's not considered ever in the ever. It's not a, for, for a woman, it's not an Avera. For, for a man, it for, is. For a man, it always is an Why? Only for the Avera? Like, he's not learning Torah. Yeah. Yeah. He's like not learning Torah. Like no. Okay, now, in the general idle speech category, we're now going to subdivide. I like that for a mathematical thing. We are subdividing, right? <laughs> yes? Should I put this in, right? Okay. We have a set of all speech, which is made up of four <laughs> sets. <laughs> Okay. Each element. Right. Yes. Well, none of these are actually elements. But yeah. Yes. No, the, all, all, of, all of the elements of these sets are, are themselves sets. So they're all sets. right. Fine. Now, um, idle speech is divided into two kinds. There is the non-Jewish sciences, known as chachmas chutzenis. And then there's just idle, just regular old idle chatter. Now, what makes this different than this? They're both idle speech in the sense that they're not accomplishments. Remember, we said if you are studying psychology in order that you to help somebody because somebody needs help, then that already goes over. Necessary. Right. What do you mean? What's the difference between knowledge of science and idle chatter? 
The difference is, well, they're both idle chatter because you're both speaking about stuff that's wasting time that's not necessary, but not technically forbidden because it's clear with But there's a difference. If you want to participate in a conversation of idle chatter or watch a movie of idle chatter or read a book of idle chatter, does it require you to be educated? No. no. Does it require you to be brilliant? No. On the other hand, if you want to participate in non-Jewish sciences, what do you need? To be smart. To be smart and? Education. Hence, since you cannot make jokes about subsets unless you know what subsets are, right? Okay. That's right. Okay. I know a bunch of math jokes. All right. But we're not going to say them right now because we're short on time. Let's not try to make all this feel so uneducated. That's okay. I could move to something you don't know about and then we talk about that. You could move to something I don't know about. It's always easy to make someone uneducated about the thing they don't know about. Fine. So, what's the difference? This, non Jewish sciences, you need to be smart and educated, okay? So, two people speaking about sports, which one does it go into? I don't know. Depends. No, because I don't know anything about sports. And that depends. If you speak, no, this is Most people speaking about sports is going to go into. However, um, you're obsessed. Well, people what that un- people that understand, let's say, either the physics or the bio or, 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 or the bioengineering or the statistics. Well, okay, so it depends. It depends. It depends. There are people. There are people. There are people. Right? Who said, I think, I don't know what sports team, I don't know, the Chicago Bulls are going to do well this season, right? And basically what they're doing is just regurgitating um, what, they, what they saw on television, what they read in the newspaper, or their gut feelings. So that goes in which category? On the other hand, somebody could be saying that because they've done a regression analysis over the whole basketball thing, and they've come to the conclusion that um, within a certain margin of error, the, you know, the likelihood of the Chicago Bulls winning whatever the championship is is like something, right? That kind of person is obviously over here, right? It's not the, it's not, it, 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 again, it, it has to do with what's going on. Non-Jewish, um, what does that say? Sciences. Sciences makes it feel not idle charge. No, no, no. Because you're very, you feel like educated and you feel right. like you're doing something right. right and you don't feel like you're, like, it's so stupid. Okay, most people when they're discussing politics, where are they? I don't know. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what the proof to this is? I was once having a debate with, I was, I was once having a debate with a relative of mine. I was once having a debate with a relative of mine about, uh, there's something called uh, the Affordable Care Act in America also known as Obamacare, and they were like really against it. And I'm not playing my politics at all because I like to get my politics out of things. Um, but I just was very annoyed with the fact that they were speaking out of you know, total ignorance. So I asked them, like, okay, blah, 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 you have all these things. Can you just tell me like, what that, that act of Congress actually does? Like, how many parts does it have and what does it do? How did it change? Like, and they gave me this blank stare. So, so you don't know. So you're just regurgitating what other people have told you. Like, you don't actually understand anything, right? So. Oh, right, okay. On the other hand, if two people are speaking about mathematics, usually... (laughs) Right, it's kind of hard to talk about. So again, certain areas of conversation or reading or whatever tend to fall in one or the other, but in theory, if 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 you study anything academically, it's going to become in science. Wait, this applies reading too? Yes. Yes. What if you're literally? Yes. What if you're having a relationship with someone and the way to reach them is to go through non-Jewish science? I mentioned that already. Right? I spoke about my uncle. Right. Right. So we're so in the end we came. But we're, we're, we're talking uh, about when it's not necessary. Right. I know. Just for fun. Reading, reading was also. Yeah. Read, yeah. No. So you're only contaminated. So, so, read the so book and then discuss it. It's like really bad. Yeah, because now you've got two garments plus right, the. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not so in the case of the nation sciences, whereby he clothes and defiles the faculties 
of Chabad in his divine soul with the contamination of Klippus Noga containing these sciences. So which part of your soul are you contaminating by studying math? Intellectual. The intellectual no, part. Which part of your soul are you contaminating? Oh. Your Chabad, the intellectual part. And remember, the intellectual part was the key to everything, right? Because right. how, how do you arouse the love and fear of Hashem? How do you develop trust and joy in Hashem? And so if your intellect is contaminated, there'll be a problem. So maybe we should just be different because of it. Would I have a question? Does this, I don't know what I'm saying, but like, if any time we're just philosophizing with someone, is that that? Like, is, it, like, what is it a mitzvah? No, but like, let's say you had a class. Is it necessary? And you're discussing it after. It's like, you're just discussing class it. Class of what, what? Like, Let's say after talking about specifically analyzing the guy's text. And there's no entire show, but there's no like there's no outcome. But you're studying Torah, the topic is Torah, it doesn't matter. The topic is Torah. It's fine. Well then it's a problem. But I'm saying, but it's the intellectual aspect of it. Is it dependent? Like you're just bringing theory, maybe you're applying it, you're trying to If you're trying to understand Torah, it's fine. I don't know. I don't know if I have to say you're trying to understand Torah. I realize that. Let's let's continue. Um, which have fallen through the shattering of the vessels out of the so-called hinder part of Chacham of Kedusha as known to the students of Kabbalah. Are you students of Kabbalah? No. Am I going to explain that to you now? No. Why not? Because if we did that, we would need like another three classes. So we're just going to ignore that part. Unless, oh, when is it that the non-Jewish sciences are not going to contaminate you? Uh... He employs these sciences as a useful instrument as a means of a more affluent livelihood to be able to serve Hashem. Or he knows how to apply them to the service of Hashem in his Torah. And that's why the Maimonides, the Rabbim, and Nachmanides, the Ramban, a blessed memory, and their adherents engage in these sciences. Okay, so now, what are the non-Jewish sciences going to do to your soul? They're going to contaminate the intellect. Does idle chatter contaminate your intellect? No. So what is the worst thing for your godly soul? Of all the different Klippus Nogas out there. Which doesn't feel like it. Which doesn't feel like that's so bad, right? Math is really bad. It's not when you're using it to help you understand. Oh, so one second. So now, I made a list, if you recall, of several reasons why you can study the non-Jewish sciences, right? Number one was... It is Torah. Okay. If the non-Jewish science is itself Torah, then is it contaminating your soul? If it's Torah, we can't believe it's Torah. What is an example? What? So that's not actually... What be an example? Gemara telling me how to calculate the size of a mikvah. That's right. If the Gemara is telling me how to calculate the size of a mikvah, am I doing math? Yeah. Am I learning Gemara? Yeah. So is it contaminating my soul? Yeah. But why not the Jewish Torah? Is it contaminating my soul? No. Number two. Mitzvah to study secular studies. It is a mitzvah. What's the difference between it's a mitzvah versus it's Torah? Is that the Torah tell me to go do that. So for instance, the Torah tell me how to calculate the calendar? Is the actual calculations Torah? No. No. Right? Any more than my lulav is not Torah. It's a, it's a, it's a poem frog, right? But there's a mitzvah to know how to calculate the calendar, so I have to go study enough astronomy to know how to do that, right? <laughs> Number three. What, what was the third thing? You need other knowledge to do a mitzvah. I need it? Exact examples are giving uh, risk, caution, need to know material science. Right. And um, if I... You should do the minimum to fulfill that. Right. And Aaron, so do I need to support my family? 
So, and therefore I need, if I need this in order to support my family, that's necessary. fine. Okay, and that will go into the necessary, right? And then there's one other case. And the fourth is to avoid sin. What would be an example of avoiding sin? Am I allowed to think about Torah in the bathroom? No. no. no so I used, to have a, I used to have a book. It was actually a galley. It wasn't a published book. Uh, by Roger Penrose, which was a, I forgot what it was called right now, but it was a history of physics starting with the ancient Greeks going all the way up to the most cutting edge stuff. It was like this thick. It was really cool. Got with the math in it too. And I have little children and they don't always urinate into the toilet. And my wife said, now the book needs to go to the garbage. And that was that. But that's what my bathroom book. I love seeing the book. Now we don't have no bathroom books. Um, I'm not going to go buy another one. Um, okay, but notice the Alter Rebbe added two more things here Yeah, that weren't on my list. What were the two things he added that weren't on my list? Applying, using secular subjects as tools to help you understand Torah and the That's not what he, no. That we already had. If I um, need it for a mitzvah, no, but then they can speak that way? What if, just read the words. Unless he employs these as a more use, as useful instrument, as a means of earning a more affluent livelihood. Being more than the minimum, because oh. minimum. So, so the Alter adds something here. He says, look, if you could be a plumber, or you could be a lawyer, and either way you'll, you'll make a living. So without what Alter says, you should have be a plumber. Why? Because it's the same amount, less. Less with blessing, you have more mental energy to then you're not contaminating yourself to do the right. Torah. On the other hand, what I'm saying, yeah, but let's say, and I don't know if this is actually true, let's say that you could actually make a lot more money being a lawyer. And you want that lot more money so you can have an affluent lifestyle so that you can serve Hashem affluently. Do you, are you allowed to then engage in studying secular wisdom yes. to learn it? Yes. In other words, do you need to or just like you can't? No, you're allowed to. Okay, you're not like obligated that now because you're able to show Okay. Really? So if you want to just pocket have more money to like serve Hashem better, you're able to? Yes. But, uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Um, okay. So. Right. Now again, if you need it in order to make ends meet, we already covered that over here because you have a mitzvah to support your support yourself without it, but you could make a lot more money with it, okay, that, then you're allowed to, because then that money ends up being ways to serve Hashem better, you want to talk on, whatever, right, okay. There is a trick here to this, the Alter Rebbe in the Tanya, he actually uses an analogy, he says, he doesn't say useful instrument, he says an axe to chop with. If you look in the Hebrew, it says, kardam like an axe to chop with. And um, the Rebbe's father asked, well, why do you need an analogy? We like, you don't need, the idea is self-understood without an analogy. And so the Rebbe's father points out, uh, have you ever seen a woodchopper walk around all day holding his axe? They don't usually do that. When does a woodchopper hold his axe? When he's chopping wood. When do plumbers walk around with their tools? On their job, right? When they like, go home, they put the tools away. So if you're a lawyer or a doctor or a professor, right, and you're doing that to earn more money, that means that your emotional attachment to it should be no more than, but to a tool. What happens if you emotionally invest in it and you start seeing that as your identity? Is this, is now is it gonna start contaminating you? Yeah. So is there any problem with being a professor to earn more money, assuming that's true, which it's not right now, but let's say back in the day when it was, the economics of being a professor is really more likely to make more money as a plumber, by the way. 
But let's say back in the day when professors earn more money than plumbers, you know, I'm gonna be a professor because then I'll have a lot of money, I'll do a lot of tzedakah, are you allowed to do that? Sure, is that, is that math or physics or chemistry contaminating your soul? No, unless you bring it home, you emotionally invest in it beyond what's needed to actually make your money. How about if you're emotionally invested in the, because like your job's in multiple parts. One might, let's say you're like computer science, you're coding most of the day, but you're coding for a cause. You can be emotionally invested in your cause, just not the coding. Like that, gets into a, that gets into another issue about, I don't want to go there. To take, you know, either the cause is a worthy cause according to Torah, and then it's kind of, it probably fits under some rubric of some mitzvah, or it's not, right? Just make that simple. Okay. And now this is a problem because, because wisdom is seductive, right? There's a reason why many ancient cultures thought of wisdom as a woman, right? Um, that was the symbolism. Why? Because it's seductive. It pulls you in, right? And so this idea is actually quite difficult to achieve in practice because while it's true that being a plumber can basically be about just making enough money in a dignified manner, right? It's kind of hard to be a mathematician in order to make enough money in a dignified manner, right? Yeah. Usually if you're a mathematician or a lawyer or whatever, you should actually start getting really into it, right? right. So it's, 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 the option is available to you, but it is difficult. Okay, the last thing here, and then we're gonna go backwards, is that you know how to apply them in the service of Hashem and His Torah. Now, someone asked about the Rambam being a doctor last class, and decided to get to it. When did the Rambam learn to become a doctor? Does anyone know? Nope. The Rambam learned to be a doctor. The Rambam, the Rambam was supported by his father and then by his brother. He didn't need the money. And he did not need the money. At one point, his brother died at sea, and then he had to support both his brother, his his family, and his brother's family. Okay. When did the Raman learn, learn, to be, learn medicine? When he was a teenager. When did the Raman learn astronomy? When he was a teenager. When did he learn logic? When he was a teenager. When did he learn chemistry, uh, what, chemistry and physics, well, the versions they had back then? When he was? Teenager. Did he need those things? Were they, are, are those things Torah? No, they're not Torah. Is there a mitzvah to learn those things? There's no mitzvah to learn those things. Did he need it for a mitzvah? He definitely used it a lot. Did he need it for a mitzvah then? No. Was he avoiding sin? No. Was he trying to earn more money? So why was he studying these things? He, he knew how to apply them to the service of Hashem and His Torah. What does that mean? It means a very great level. It does mean a great level. There's a very, there's a very special thing which does not apply to most people, okay? But you know how to use it for Torah. Okay, and the key thing is that knowing how to use it for Torah means that you start with the non-Jewish science and then you move to the Torah. Okay. You notice in all of these, you start, it is Torah, there's a mitzvah to study that thing, you need it for a mitzvah, right? You're, you're something else and then that gets you to justifying studying math or physics or whatever it is. What we're going to do is we're going to play a game, okay? I feel like a lot of people, not like, obviously not at the same level as the Rambam, but I've seen a lot of people go about Shiva and end up doing that. That's different. That they learned it because they didn't know any better, and then that's... Oh, you mean use intent of learning it. Yeah, yeah, this is very different. So we're going to play a game, okay? Ready? The game is you come up with something in the world, okay? 
Good? Yeah. Like a job. Anything. Anything. Anything in the world. It could be the sun. It could be the moon. It could be the national gross domestic product. I don't care. Anything in the world. Anything in the world. It could be, you know, sewing. I don't care. Whatever it is, right? Okay? And I'm going to tell you what that has to do with Torah. I don't know how far we'll get. We'll see how it goes, right? So try and come up with, okay. you know, make it hard, right? Don't, don't, say, don't say, like, parents, like, that's easy, right? We were coming up with... What? Something in the world. Just mention something in the world that you think has nothing to do with Torah, and I'm going to tell you what it has to do with Torah. Personalities. Personalities, okay? Personality is um, the variation between people. Since people are fundamentally all the same, right? Personality is, is, has two aspects to it. One aspect is that it expresses the, the, the same human essence that we have in all of us. But on the other hand, it actually differentiates us, right? And that gives us an idea of this idea that anytime something is revealed, it takes on aspects that are circumstantial. And we can use this analogy to understand that when godliness is revealed, there is always a form, a modality, like the spheres, that is not really godliness itself, but just the mode in which it's revealed that's going to vary from situation to situation. And the more you understand about that, you can use that to understand the next thing. Go. What? History. History. History is the study of cause and effect, of how things that happened at one point in human society led to conclusions, right? And history, right, therefore tells us that the choices that we make lead to future outcomes. Now, the, the way a Jew should look at history is to see how previous ways of serving Hashem or lack thereof have led to things. So, for instance, why do people um, die is because of the sin of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Why um, do we have to study Torah rather just see the truth because of the sin of the golden calf? Why are we exiled because we didn't observe the mitzvahs, right? And so this knowing about how our behavior vis-a-vis -vis Hashem leads to future outcomes, that's something we gain from the study of history. Next. I can't think of anything. Yeah. Just think yeah. something yeah. random. It needs to be something random. It needs to be something I can't Driverless cars. Driverless cars. <laughs> Driverless cars, right? Work off of modeling, work off of work off of modeling human behavior, right? Um, the, the whole idea of a driverless car is that you can gather the information about the world, right, and then have the car drive accordingly without having any actual experience or desire, right? And what that means is that we should also look in ourselves. Means we can differentiate within ourselves. There's two aspects. There's kind of the inner person, which is the part of us that experiences desires, etc. And there's the outer person, which is the functional. So when I say I see something or I'm doing something, I'm not really talking about the deep inner part of myself. That's the part that an automaton can be equivalent to, right? So you, when you can take the driver out of the car, you're not taking the, the the person in terms of the experience out. What you're taking out. It's a lesson in a I can do this with everything, right? You know why I can do this with everything? You know why I'm doing? Can do this with everything? Everything's Disney. What? Disney. Disney. Ah. Hollywood. Okay. If you what did you say? Disney. Disney became pop. Disney became popular because of animation, right? Yeah. And what does animation do? Animation is a way of not conveying what something looks like, but what something feels like, right? Hysterical. Right. And so we also understand is that this world is in some sense an animation, right? It's trying to convey a sense of what godliness feels like, even though godliness doesn't look like this, right? Because when you see an animation, like you all know the characters don't act like in real life, the characters don't look like that, right? But the animations don't have to pretend to look like that. In fact, they're often distortions, right? The characters and stuff. But they bring out some kind of more 
thematic elements that are more fundamental. Similarly, this world is not what godliness actually is like, but when you look at it the right way, it serves like a, a, a character, an analogy that brings up fundamental truths about godliness. Should we keep going? No, there's two more. Sudoku. What? Sudoku. Sudoku. Sudoku is the idea that there's, with a limited amount of information, you can necessarily figure out what else needs to be the case, right? Um, that is a basic method in how we learn Gemara. In other words, we start with a limited amount of information, and we find out, well, what must necessarily be true such that the facts that we know to be true hold true? And that's how Talmud analysis works. And that's why many there's people have a hard time. I know. This is why many people have a hard time studying Gemara. Like, like, why am I able to do this? This is very important. Why am I able to Why am I personally able to yeah, do this? Because you understand. What, what you, that was your guess is Instagram? Fashion. Fashion. Oh, that one's easy. Okay. Okay. Fashion, right, is the idea that clothes do not just serve a function. In other words, that they, they keep us protected or whatever. This is true. Right? Fashion is a way of giving a person a kind of social status, a kind of social reality to them. Okay? Um, in the sense that clothes make who you are in terms of where you fit in the hierarchy, how people are supposed to relate to you. Right? Um, and all fashion changes and updates are really centered around that. And that's the idea that something which is not really part of your being can have a much more powerful effect than how others see you and even how you see yourself. This is something that we call mitzvah's garments. Right? That even the mitzvahs aren't you yourself, they elevate you and give you a different status both to yourself and others beyond actual changes in your the person themselves. Um, why am I able to do all of this? You understand Torah, you understand the thing you can. Mm. Right. See how Torah relates to everything. No. no See, the thing is, I cheated. I but I, how did I cheat? I cheated. I asked you Disney and you went to animation. You're picking out like one specific thing and then you're relating that one specific thing and you know about Back to Dora. Okay, but, but there's something else that I'm doing. You're giving purpose. What? We're told it? Yeah, all these things I was told. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Well, I haven't told you anything that any. I, I, none of what I told you I came up with. What? No, no, I can show you where it speaks about that in my mark. You're right. I had to actually really understand what it's saying and I have to understand self cars, right? But if I understand this and I understand that, I can see how this helps that. Here's the thing. Okay? Where did you what? read stuff about like animation? But that's different. I have a it. I have a very, very big weak spot for knowing things. Yeah. <laughs> I read the encyclopedia when I was a kid, okay? Very. Um, you're, you're very poor. Right. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay. Um, you, you know, you know that you know that Chassidus speaks about a lot of things, and there's letters of the Rebbe about a lot of topics. So if you learn enough of that stuff, you start to realize that most things in the world, you can see what their relationship is to Torah, right? And once you get the hang of it, like building all that, not a big deal, right? Okay. So is there anything that you can't say about it? It's an interesting game to play. Like once you're once it, it, a part of it has to do with your intelligence. So if you're if you have a certain level of abstraction, then probably nothing because you can always like find a common thread amongst many things. The problem is I have to be I have, I have to be told all of this. Mm-hmm. Right now, imagine if we played this game. I never learned Chassidus, so I didn't know. By the way, there's a whole there's a whole conversation with um, the Alter Rebbe and his grandson about fashion. There's a whole statement in the Gemara about fashion. Um, 
and it's compared to the idea of doing mitzvahs when mitzvahs are garments. I really didn't like. Let's say I never learned any of that. Because it could reveal, like, no, they are. Rabbi Yochanan says, my garments honor me. Yeah, I'm saying that's very different than the term fashion. I know, because fashion is when you, fashion is when you. I'm saying it's definitely a subcategory of fashion. I'm saying the whole thing. Right, you spend more time on it, right? Here's the thing, though. I have to know all these things ahead of time. But the altar was fashion with the no, actually, the Alter Rebbe told his parents not to be fashion. That's what I'm saying. It didn't end so well. It didn't end so well at all, no. Right? That's why we have the problem with fashion now. Right. Okay. Um, the, the, thing is, the thing is, I have to be told. If I'm not told, I can't figure it out. Why not? Because to see the parallel between things, to see the applicability, you need to see both ends. But you, what they're doing is they're taking secular subjects and using them to discover new things. But how are they able to do that? They can see both sides without someone else. That's what makes the Rambam special. Yeah? The Rambam, the, the Rambam was like this. The Rambam, I'll give you an example. Do you know how to draw a circle? Like a mathematical circle? How do you actually? A compass? A compass, right? Or you use, people use their shoulders. It doesn't matter how you do it. What you have to do is the same thing, which is that you have to, you have to first isolate a point. Right. And then you have to trace a series of points so that you can distance from that point, right? Which I did not do. Hence, it doesn't look that right. Most of the time we draw a circle, we're not actually doing that. And how does a circle look? Floppy. Right? It's not really a circle. Okay. So if, this, if the circumference of a circle is all of your secular sciences, yeah? Mm -hmm. And the dot is the truth of Hashem and Torah mitzvahs, what's the order have to be? First, you have to have the dot, and then you can put everything around it, right? But if right. you don't have that dot, and you start learning all the secular stuff, are you going to be able to make a perfect circle that gets no. the center? No. So if you have someone like the Rambam, someone like the Ramban, to them, the truth of Hashem is crystal clear from the outset. What do they know is for sure going to happen if they just decide to study, I don't know, um, currency fluctuations? It's eventually, they know that if they study currency fluctuations, it will come back to an understanding of Hashem, Torah, Mitzvah, how to serve Hashem, right? But do I know that if I start studying currency fluctuations? No. no. Now, I happen to have the benefit of having read a lot of things that they ever wrote, and a lot of chassidists, which talked to a lot of topics, and I have the ability to abstract pretty quickly, so therefore I can play that game, right? But I'm just, it's a game. I'm not really doing it, right? So this sixth category, is this really feasible for the regular person, even if they're very smart? No, okay? Okay? I mean, you can no, we shouldn't convince ourselves. And you shouldn't convince yourselves. Basically, that's the real thing. Right. Because the world is But we said idle speech can't be transformed because it won't be. Wait, 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 wait. I want to I move through a bunch of stuff, okay? Okay, so number one, okay? Number one, okay? This is talking about why the Rambam learned, right? Right. Okay, now. That's what's called in halacha lechatchila, or in English we use fancy Latin, a priori, from the outset. On the other hand, what if you already happen to know some secular sciences? Then you can apply them. You, I mean, you, you're right. And for instance, let's say somebody knows a lot about math, right? Could then someone help them use that math in order to serve Hashem? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. So, but what this is not talking. So, what this is talking you about can't is learn more. right. 
to do that oh, once so, you know, so, already have? So, I want to explain. What this is talking about is the use of your time. If I don't know any math beyond like regular, like necessary to like run a household math, right? right? I don't know what set theory is, and I don't know multivariable calculus, I don't know any of this stuff, right? And I now want to set some time to learn those things. Am I contaminating the intellect of my gobble so well? It's not Torah, there's no mitzvah to learn it. I don't need it for a mitzvah. I'm, and in the case where I'm not doing it to avoid sin, and I'm not actually using it in such a way that's going to make me more money, then the answer is I am going to be doing what? Contaminating my soul. Why? Because I'm not the Rambam. Now, if I was the Rambam, or the Ramban, or the Rebbe, you know the Rebbe went to university, right? You know what the Rebbe studied in university? Electrical engineering? Yes. That's what he... Is that he got, he, got a, he, he did study electrical engineering. You know what else the Rebbe studied in, in university? What? Jake, the Rebbe studied what you studied? Yeah. Huh? Electrical engineering. Yeah. She studied mechanical engineering. I studied mechanical engineering. Oh. Yeah, you know, but you know what the Rebbe studied? The Rebbe did? The Rebbe audited, some, audited other classes, too. Um, like in quantum mechanics. Now, did the Rebbe ever use that quantum mechanical knowledge to make no a living? Idea. To make a living? Yeah. No, to make a living? No, no, no. no. The Rebbe did work. The Rebbe did actually qualify as an engineer to work as an engineer. Right. But did I, like, the Rebbe edit audited classes that just to audit the classes. And you know what the previous Rebbe wrote about the Rebbe? Because the previous Rebbe's idea that you should go to college is that the Rebbe is going to learn to know about the secular world and use that to conquer the secular world. It's a different thing altogether. Was this an idea is that the person, God is so clear to them that it's, a, it's self-evidently true that whatever they learn about the world is going to help them serve Hashem. But are most people like that? No. In order to be like that, your awareness of Hashem has to be much more fundamental than your awareness of the world. That's the basic criteria. In other words, what is more obviously true to you, Hashem or the science that you're studying? If you're using the science to get to know Hashem, then, then by definition you're not here. The other way around. You see what I'm saying? That's what? You have to already know of Hashem, and then you're using the science. I'll give you an example, right? Should can you can you use popular psychology in order to learn Chassidus? Common theme that happens. Yeah. Can you use popular psychology in order to learn Chassidus? So here's the question. If you really understand Chassidus well, and you want to explain Chassidus to somebody else, and you find something in popular psychology which happens to be a good analogy, can you do that? Sure. But can you study, if you don't really know Chassidus very well, can you study popular psychology and then hope that's going to help you understand Chassidus? No. In fact, it's probably going to be counterproductive, right? So you can't use math to reveal secrets of the Torah, but... If you know secrets of the Torah, you could use math to reveal... Okay, but what about, like, the other people? Right. Um, one of the rabbis who's very into, like, Learning science to understand. Because that's what we learned. My mother was speaking about like how the sun is like a shine or whatever. And he was like, you don't even know, get what the sun is, so you can't understand it. It's like, first of all, learn about the sun. What's that? That's, um, well, that's very different. So if I'm learning in Torah, and the Torah uses yeah. analogy, and I don't understand the analogy, so I need it for Mitzvah a little bit. Yeah. I need it for like, if you're, if, there's an analogy, right? There's an analogy that says the sun. And you're like, I don't understand the analogy. So like, okay, now there's an interesting question. What do you need to know about the sun for? Because of the, the parallel. But what do you need to understand about the sun yeah. for the analogy, right? No, right? Do you need to know that the sun primarily fuses hydrogen, uh, heli, uh, hydrogen into helium and doesn't fuse helium into heavier elements? You don't need to know that, right? Right? But you do need, but, but you do need to know that the sun, the sun, um, 
Right. You do need you do need to know that the sun has some kind of a, a filter. It is so it's a thing for each thing you need to know. Like yeah. what? I mean, the, the, the issue here is that the issue here is that go back again. It's, a, it's no, but his thing is like you need to study things to know Hashem. Don't have to six. No, he think, like he's very into like learning science and learning things. So, so the, you know, that's why you want to understand That's true, but that has to work in which way? That you know Hashem first. That's right. It's not going to learning sciences. There's a, there's a note of the Friedrich Rebbe on Marnavuchim, on the guy of the Plex, where he says explicitly against doing that. Now, some people through divine providence, you know, whether there was divine providence because they didn't know better divine providence, they didn't care, and they, they, or whatever, they, they, they did study those things. Fine. Um, but that's not... This, knowing how to apply something... Right? Knowing how to apply something comes from knowing God. That's the thing. That's how it works. I'll give you an example, okay? I am not the best um, mechanic in the world. I'm just not. It's like it's not my forte. Okay? My brother actually is quite good at these things. Okay? So, um, just to give you, to illustrate, one time my father asked me to fix something. The power tool. To sand a table. And then my father spent about 10, 15 minutes explaining me how to use the tool, how to sand the table. I pick up the tool, and of course, what I do right away, I gouge the table. My brother comes home, he sees what I'm doing. He then gets the explanation of how to do any of this, right? He's never used a sander in his life. He looks at the table, looks at the sander, he's like, let me take care of that. <laughs> so he knows how, right? Now, I know how to do it. Like, I know how to break apart ideas. I really do know how. I get ideas on a fundamental level, and so you throw an idea at me, I don't care what the topic is, the conceptual part I can work with easily. Why? Because I get it. To know how to do something means that you've gotten to the core of something. So if you know how to use the science of the world for Hashem, what do you mean you have to get fundamentally? Other usually you're just parroting what other people are doing, which is what I did. Could you go to, let's say like you do, you go, you're going to college and you're learning all of this and I said I'm not and talking about college or college. Okay, not college. I mean, you're learning something. I'm going to the public library. You're going to the public library, and for hours, right, you're learning, and you're doubling those hours with learning about Hashem. It's a matter of, is it a day? Do you really, what's really going on? This is the kind, these are the kinds of things where it goes back to what we said about like doing things for the sake of heaven. What's really going on? You really understand something about godliness, about the truth of Hashem and about Torah Mitzvahs, and, and you're learning the world and science of the world in order to understand the world because you know fundamentally it's going to help you in, in the service of Hashem because you get Hashem in a fundamental way? Probably not. So it depends yeah. on the person and some people like never when they should start learning secular studies. Right. right. Which has kind of been the attitude of the, the in Chabad. Now, does that, is, that, is that saying learning secular studies is the three impure klipas and it's forbidden to do? No, it just makes it nuanced and complicated, right? Okay. Now, what I want to talk about is so why do non-Jewish sciences contaminate your intellect? And, and what does that mean that your intellect is contaminated? Okay, so the most unholy of the non-Jewish sciences is, anyone know? Math. It's the one that contaminates your mind the most. I don't know if that's true, but... It sounds true to me, so we'll go with that. What? Like, if you're studying scientific theories made by, like, come on, like, someone's worse. No, no. Math is the, math, I think, is by far probably the worst. Really? Yeah. And I will show you. 
Shall we? Yeah. And now I'll show you why it matters on board. Okay. We're going to start with some simple things, okay? Yeah? Yeah. That, that was good? One plus one equals like five. One plus one equals two, we're good? Yeah. Okay, now. And then therefore, this thing leads you to all these one What? No, 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 come on. That's not, that's not wisdom, that's just being silly. Cleverly silly, but silly. Okay, now. Um, two plus two equals four. Yes? Good? Okay. Two times two equals four? Yes? Okay. And um, now we'll get a little more complicated. Yes. Correct? We're good? Yes? Okay. That also correct? You know what this is? You know what this is? Square root of four yeah. equals yeah. negative two. That also correct? But negative two squared. It wasn't negative two times. No, that's not correct. That's not right. Yeah. Not right. Right? It's not that's right. That's not right. Negative two. One second. Negative, negative two, two times negative two equals. Can you put no, a question mark? Comes and then there's the yeah, I. Technically, technically, that is also a, a, a square root cannot equal. It's correct. It's not. It's correct. It's correct. You're not custom. I got so many questions. I was like confused tonight. You're not really allowed to on paper. One second. Is one second. This symbol means what number times itself equals four, right? Two times two equals four. Does negative two times negative two equal four? Good. Okay. Now, can we continue? Okay. Now, we have a general notion of the commutative A equals B, and B equals C. We're so good with math, right? Okay. And C must equal A, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, therefore, if 2 equals the square root of 4, and square root of 4 equals negative 2, it follows that 2 equals negative 2. Yes? Yeah, because they both have the same answer. So you're not allowed. You don't want to say it's All right, I'm going to teach you some math now. Let's go. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Let's go do let's go, here, let's go do it. This is correct mathematically, okay? This is correct mathematically. This is correct mathematically. This is not correct mathematically. Do you know why this is not correct mathematically? Plus minus. Okay. What's missing here is you need to add. You can put an absolute value sign or you can put plus minus sign, right? It does the same thing, right? If you did that, it would be correct, right? Or you could also do this and be correct. You can either way, right? Okay, now why is that? Because this symbol over here means something. What does that symbol mean? They are the same, right? Okay. Equals doesn't mean if I do this, I end up with that. It means that this is another way of saying that. Okay? So if I say, right, this and this are the same thing, right? But those are not the same thing. The square root of 4 is not the same thing as 2. Right? And if you think of it, it equals. 
It doesn't equal to. It doesn't. That's wrong. It doesn't equal to. Okay? It could give you two. If I tell you that I have, if I tell you like this, if I tell you that I have in my pocket. Like you'll get points off, but you'll get it right. I don't care about points. I care about the chachma. If I tell you that I have in my pocket the square root of four dollars, it either means I have no money. That means I have negative two dollars in my pocket. You can't have negative two dollars in your pocket. Right. So I'm so connect two, right? right? But that's because I'm moving the math to talking about dollars. But I'm just doing with math, right? right? This is wrong. Okay. Now. What this means is that this symbol is a very powerful symbol. This symbol, this symbol is God. That equal symbol is God in math. What, is that? what do I mean by it's God? If two things are in fact really the same, then they are the same, and they must always be the same, no matter. That's right. Why is it? Going back to here, why is it that if I do the square root of four is two, that's wrong? Because that would mean that sometimes the square root of four is one thing, and sometimes it's. No. But what does equals mean? It's the same. It is. So it always must be, right? right? So this equals symbol, which is like the first thing you really learn when you learn math, right. means always must be. Good? Yes. If I earn $25 and put them in my bank account, right? And nobody put any more money in my bank account, how much money is in my bank account? 25. It always must be, right? Yeah, because if I have 25 plus zero, must be? Fine, right? Yeah? You're checking In Israeli bank accounts. <laughs> okay, good? Okay. Um, if I earn $25, put it in my bank account, the bank account makes no interest, and Hashem decides that I should have $50, could I go to my bank account and discover $50 there? Is that possible? Of course. So, really? Really? Right. Yeah. That is a miracle. But you're right. You're right. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It is a miracle, right? Can Hashem do miracles? Yeah. Okay. So is this, if this is a governing thing in your mind, your mind works off of this notion of equals, that something must be, then what do you start to... That's what against Hashem? Then what do you, what are you, what are you, what are you denying? Miracles. That's why it's, what? I understand it. You know, the way this is put in is the more the, whist, the way this is put in Hasidus is the more you study about secular sciences, the more the reality of the world becomes absolute to you. And Hashem now has to conform to that. When really, what's the way this works? The world's conformed to Hashem. It's that's like right. showing physics and thinking that therefore it's in the above. So that's, that's right. why the more knowledgeable you are in the world, the more atheist you get. Um, not necessarily get more atheist. I'm saying, but that's not like the huge science. That's actually not true. That's not. That's not. That's not true. Think about it. I got more and more. That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. No, this is this is more subtle. This is it's not about atheism. This is about having to do with, with godliness. Whether there's a you know you can make very convincing arguments that there's a god that creates the universe. That's not what I'm interested in. Let's use a simple example. Yeah, if I let go of this, what's going to happen? Why? Because there's a rule. Because there's a rule that makes it fall. Okay, now, so the more you study physics, the more you become convinced that it has to fall, right? Right. Little children, when they're born, right? They don't know that. I'm like, oh. And then they do a little science experiment. Oh. Oh. And at some point, they're like, I guess, I guess things fall. 
right? And then at some point, they're no longer surprised when things fall. Oh, hurt. And then they have to do that science experiment again to themselves, right? Because right? it takes them to realize that that applies to them also, right? <laughs> and then you end up in a situation like where I am right now, where you start taking the world very, very seriously. Right. And the way the world works is the way the world works. And you believe in God, and God will do things for you, provided that it works for the world. So, for like instance, right now, like, well, why get 50? well, that one doesn't. So people don't really believe that. I'll give you an example right now. I have a flight scheduled for the end oh, of this week, passport? and I do not have my passport. Oh, can hear this? Now, why am I nervous? After all, what's stopping God from making sure I get to where I need to be? Or the answer is nothing, right? So, why am I nervous? There's a way the world works. Of course. So like, so then you have thoughts. I have thoughts in my mind. Well, okay. So today's Memorial Day, so it's closed, right? But I'm flying Thursday morning. It's a stupid thing. Thursday morning. What? No, no, no. But the American Embassy. It's American. Israeli passports go easy. Plus, if you don't have, if you need an Israeli passport, you don't have one. You always get one at the airport for like 500 shekels. Actually. Yeah. And you can't do that for anybody. No, for Israeli citizens. Wait, but you're waiting for your American You don't okay. need an American. You can have an expired one. You still need the passport. But, but you if you don't have any passport? Because I mailed it in because they renewed oh, it. Oh, I'm really sorry. So, but so now... How what, easy is it for you to be an Israeli right now? I am Israeli. What does it help me to get to America? Is it an American passport? <laughs> so, okay. let, me, let me explain to you the situation. So, so I have... Stressful. It's extremely stressful. So, I have... Right now, the embassy is closed. Because it's Memorial Day. Right. I'm flying on Thursday. So that means, in my mind, there's a little voice in my mind telling me, listen to this, Hashem has two days to, get, to make it work out. Do you see the problem in that kind of thinking? Because, like, like really, like, Hashem is dependent on, like, the schedule? Now, what does that come from? No, because you're saying, you're not even thinking, worst comes to worst, I can't go. That's a separate issue. That's not what I'm talking about. If you're not living Hashem for two days, you're experienced. If let's say not two days, Hashem for you, I'm sorry. Then you're, he still have to, like he still he has more days. He's not limited to two days. Right, he's not. You're limited to two no, days. No, 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 no. Yeah, but you're saying that. I, can Hashem? Can I? No, sorry. Now I start thinking. Now I start thinking. Okay, so then you go like Hashem has two days. Okay, well, what could happen in two days? I can emerge special. You start running through all the different options, and like, and if one of those options seems viable, then you start like, okay, well, I can maybe trust Hashem will make it's it work really, out. Like, take care of Hashem even that you're putting within the world. That's right. Meaning we mix up everything. I don't mean you become an atheist. You don't become an atheist by studying math. You become an atheist by being, becoming an atheist because you're insensitive or you're arrogant or you want to justify your hedonism. That's not the problem. You lose your sense of godliness, though. But living in the world even without studying and becoming normal that this is going to drop makes you a little bit like that. That's right. Everything does. And that's exactly what the altar was getting at. Like, obviously... The more like the world... The, what? Like, a baby's not a baby. A baby... A baby... A baby has... One of these things that, 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 that babies learn is something called object permanence. You know what object permanence is? See this marker? Yeah. Where's the marker? How do you know? baby gone. Baby's like, there's no marker. I mean, the baby doesn't like, say that. Boo, but they think you're gone. They really think you're gone. Because they can't see you. Whoa. Now, now, who's... Who's more onto the truth? Us who know the markers in my pocket? Us. The baby. No. The baby. More on to what's happened in the past. Because the baby, the baby actually has this intuitive sense that like just because it was there doesn't mean it has to continue being there, which is actually the truth. As far as Shem's concerned. 
It is actually. It's coming from not being. Not it is because the because the baby has two things. Let's the, say you would go into the pocket and you would get your the marker and the awareness of godliness. It yeah. is that awareness of godliness. Not a, is the, the, that awareness of godliness is not called an intellectual awareness. It's a different kind of an awareness. It's an instinctive awareness. No, it's an instinctive awareness coupled with an ignorance of the world. Okay, so let's do a math equation, shall we? Let's do a math equation. Okay, your sense of godliness. Okay. Mathematicians have to make everything equations. I'm sorry. I don't think it's the lack of God, but I have to give two days. I'm like, I'm like fluctuating between like having a panic attack and trying to trust the mission. It's gonna work. It's gonna work out. If you just go down that way, can you try it out? Okay. So your sense of godliness. Okay. Your sense of godliness is as follows, which it goes like this. It is your innate, that is your sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you have an innate sense of Hashem minus knowledge of the world. Plus, 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 ignorant. Okay. So now, babies, how much knowledge of do they have? They've got zero, right? Because their brains, they have zero knowledge. How much knowledge will they have? Zero. So all that's left is? Innate sense. Okay. Most adults, well, the innate sense doesn't change, right? Knowledge of the world has increased. Knowledge of Hashem usually has not. And so who has a greater... Why? Well, we have knowledge of Hashem increases. Yes? Tell me, tell me one thing that you know about Hashem. That means no? Knowledge. Knowledge doesn't mean you can repeat a fact. We're learning all day about Hashem. One second, one second, one second. Knowledge, remember we learned about this idea? Knowledge is something that actually becomes part of how you see reality. Knowledge of Hashem, not information you can regurgitate. Well, that makes sense between me and a baby. I have more I'm asking you. So what? But I'm not asking about information. I didn't put information on here. It's knowledge. I'm sorry, we don't have DOS. We discussed this. Yeah, I know. DOS in the world. That's but we do have a lot of DOS in the world. And when you study secular wisdom, you get more DOS in the world. I have a question. Let's say, but how DOS and secular is not a Vedas? It's talking about anatomy. It isn't a Vedas. No, it's not. You learn the thing, and it makes sense. You're like, okay, like. You learn the system of how plants grow, and you're not like, now I need to connect to that's how plants grow. It's amazing. Um, so the thing is like this. The thing is like no, this. Like, now the, 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 thing, the thing is like this. Usually what ends up happening is like this. In most secular wisdoms, there's, I would say there's three levels. Yeah. There's the level where, you're, where the knowledge is very experientially based. Okay. And that's like grade school kind of stuff. You know, infants, toddlers, grade school. Okay? Right. Then there's... <coughs> Where, where, um, it's not that. Where the, then there's where the knowledge is not that you can't like directly experience it, yeah. okay? But it is easy to represent experientially, okay? And let's take that. Let's just say in your regular secular educational system, that usually goes up to say undergraduate. Then you get to the real cool stuff, which is when. When, which is where, which is to actually have not, I really understand the things themselves. 
And that you have to get, or that's where, you know, you need really. And that's, and, and, and so the thing is, what you're saying is like, as long as I can ground my knowledge of the world and my experience of the world, it's kind of easy. Right. Well, then that explains why with godliness is hard, because it goes against your experience. Right. But even with secular knowledge, as it moves further away from your actual experience, it's still true. it becomes harder and harder to really know that. Right, that's true. Okay? And what you'll often find is a lot of those things that are really go against your experience, that you think you know, you don't really know, it's just that everybody else, it becomes like more like a cultural thing, right? And as you start asking questions, you start to realize that it doesn't actually make sense to do it all. You don't really right. get it. Right, okay. If um, we lock a baby up, and we teach them only information about Hashem, mm -hmm. and no knowledge of the world, mm -hmm. will they be dots of Hashem? Much more, yeah. So, that's why Chassidim tried to avoid teaching their kids secular things as much as possible. That's the argument for it. It's exactly, okay. yeah. That's why the Rebbe said that until a person is an adult, they really should like, not learn anything about the world as much as possible. The only thing you should learn well, about is Shem and Torah. So you minimize it to the degree possible. And then that's a, you know, a messy word, to the degree possible, right? What counts as possible, right? For sure. The problem is going back, most of us don't have that. They should. They don't. It's a problem. No. Because we can't do it either. What if you got great rabbis and they taught your kids? Be great. There's not enough great rabbis to go out. Okay, so. Yeah. No. So, for instance, like if I sit and learn Chassidus, if I sit and learn Chassidus, and Chassidus explains how like the nature of the world is just comes from like the the garment of Hashem's name, right? And that's something I really, really get. I really know that, right? And like how bureaucracy works, I don't really get at all. Then, like, I would be perfectly calm about my passport coming on time, right? Wouldn't I? Why is Trevor loving Thursday? Friday. Friday. I am very stressed out. <laughs> what? Because worse comes to worse. I, I think I got my passport two days before. Are you stressed out about wedding? What? You wouldn't what? believe that it's going to come necessarily if you understood your audience. You just know what's going to happen. I heard you know what's going to happen. When you go out, so if I go outside and like when I see tree, I don't like see. Hashem, like, I don't know if I'm locking in there. Do you get Hashem? You're lacking in knowledge of Hashem. No, but yeah. when you're in nature, you see Hashem. No, you don't. You see beauty, and you, you see beauty, yeah, and the innate sense that it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, yeah. So, that's all innate sense. Yeah, in other words, it's like this, yeah? It's like, it's, it's, it's like if, you look, if you look at an iPhone, do you see Steve Jobs? No, you see an iPhone. It's pretty amazing, an iPhone. And you're not so stupid to realize that it made itself, right? But like, you don't know who Steve Jobs is. And if you did know who Steve Jobs is, you wouldn't want to be any close to him because the guy was a creepy jerk. He was. Yes. Basically nothing. I mean, if you learn Hasidus and you think about it and you try and really apply it to your life in a real way, then you have some, some tiny little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, that takes a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot of work. There's a lot of prakamantanya about this in different ways, yeah. Okay, but 
would this be an example of knowledge of Hashem? Let's say you don't, like a year ago, you don't believe that, or I don't believe that like Torah was God-given. And now, I'm, like I was thinking about it, it's not even a question for me anymore, I know. No, it that's... But it wasn't, it didn't make sense coming out. Yeah. But it was hidden before. That's right. So what's not, what, do I have no knowledge of Hashem? I, I, it's very minimal. Because knowledge, knowledge of Hashem, knowledge of Hashem would mean that the way, like, you walk outside, right, and you see, you see the trees, and you, you, you feel like it's, it, it's Hashem. Like, crazy. Like, I mean, what do we do? Let me now. People that talk like that, they think they're crazy. I know. Usually I'm just saying. People that are like, I'm walking out and I feel yeah, because, because it could be, 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 like, but the thing, is, the thing is, the thing is, you know why we think they're crazy? It's like so far from us. No. So no. Because they, because they often don't act like that. Right. And they just sound crazy. They're saying it. And maybe, when you see a person, right? What do you see? When you see a, when you see a person, what do you see? Do you see their body or do you see their soul? You see both. You see that you no. You don't see their body first. You see one through the other. So knowledge of Hashem, you would see Hashem where? Through. Through the world, right? Yeah. Right. So you would walk outside, right? And you and, and 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 the 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 sol the solidity of the the ground that's holding you up would feel like Hashem is supporting you. So. That's what I mean to know, like, that there's a reality there. Could a bane like, question? question? Yes, anybody can reach so, that. It's a matter of hard work. Like, is there bane in the, is there not bane in the to reach that? Yes. Um, when you have people that, like, go through things and they're like, I feel like, when they're like, I really feel shy right now with me or whatever, that would be that? Could be. Sometimes a person goes through stressful things right, that, that can prompt them, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The tests are a way of creating, the, tests are catalysts for growing in our knowledge of Hashem. It's a whole discussion, but, but my point is, my point is, knowledge of the world, not everyone doesn't mean you have information. It's not the information that's the problem. It's the fact that your mind, how do you gain, not, how do you gain, you have to immerse your mind in it. It becomes more and more real to you. You know, sometimes, I, sometimes, like, sometimes, like, I, I've speak, spoken to, like, Chassidim, like, don't really know so much about the world, but it's a lot of Chassidim. And it's very interesting to them, it's just, like, certain things are, like, you know, obviously. I'll give you an example. Like, like, when you do a mitzvah, it changes the world. That makes sense. No, we don't do that. But it makes sense in the way that, like, in the way, like it makes sense to you that, like, if you send an email, the other person is going to get it. Makes sense. Like, if, you spend, if you spend hours a day over several decades of your life learning about that, thinking about it, making sense of it, and talking about it, it really like, starts to really click. On the other hand, you've spent zero time trying to understand, like, why things fall. <laughs> then, like, which one's more real to you? Yeah. So wherever the tarot tells me that I should do something, I'll do it. There are. But here's the here's the thing. This is not telling this is not telling you what to do. This is just telling you a fact, right? right? Which is the more that you indulge in secular wisdom yeah. because it appeals to you, right? That's the bottom line. Is do you find the secular wisdom interesting? If that's why you're studying it, what is it doing to you, to your godly soul? It's contaminating which part of the godly soul? The part of the godly soul that's able to come to know Hashem. That part. Yeah. On the other hand, is the actual information itself problematic? 
the, 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 yeah. No. The, exactly. That's what the was getting at. If you're studying it because it's a mitzvah, or because it's part of Torah, or you need it for a mitzvah, right? Or you're avoiding sin, or you're genuinely doing it as a means to become wealthy because being wealthy you can serve Hashem better, or you're one of those rare people who really knows Hashem and so everything is a way to serve Hashem, fine, right? But if, but if it becomes that you're invested in it because you find it interesting and fascinating, then what ends up happening then... Which is why secular wisdom is this double-edged sword because there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing so bad about the ideas themselves. It's about how the person, or how they affect those, how they how they how they relate to them, which affects that, which changes how it affects them. Yeah, but you're still using the rules are still the same. Like if I'm sitting and I'm studying, I don't know the Jewish calendar, and I'm finding it fascinating and amazing. It's from the math, and it's from the rules of the math that are facts in my head. So it's not so uh, from. There's a whole discussion in Kabbalah. What happens if you're studying Torah, and what appeals to you is the intellect? Yeah. Is that you actually take the Torah, which is a topic we didn't talk about, and you bring the Torah into the realm of klipa? Right. We're not. I said we're not going to talk about what happens if you take holy things and put them into klipa. We're going to talk about klipa making it holy. <laughs> but it's discussed later on in Tanya. You're saying it's not what I'm saying aren't bad, why not? Yeah, you just explain how math literally brings you like that. Because if you say that, I'm going to give you an example. Okay, I'm going to contrast something. Okay. Okay. I'm going to write four sentences on the board. Okay, two mathematical, two non-mathematical, two are correct and two incorrect, okay? Okay. One plus one equals two. One plus five equals six. Okay? Yes? No. This is a mathematical statement. And it is true. The mathematical statement and it is false. Good? Okay. Or correct and incorrect. I actually use those words. Correct and incorrect. This is correct. This is incorrect. Yes? Okay. Um. Correct and which one is not correct? Incorrect. Well, nowadays, the first one's correct. No, it's not. Okay. Jan Rackholm is good. This one's not so good, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's. What can we do to make this correct? We could. We could take away the seven, right? We could take away the seven, right? What else can we do? We could add a seven over here or seven over here, right? No. Yes. 71 plus 5. Put a 7 here, right? Yeah. We could put a not equals over here. That would work yeah. too, right? Right? To just have numbers closing? We just like say so 1 plus 5 does not equal 76. Want. That's also correct, right? Right, yeah. So we understand how we could change that to make that correct? Yeah, we can't change this. What? We can't change the second one. Why not? You yeah, we cross out the end. Now, and what could I do y. here? Well, first I could say, then, I could switch around. No, this one is fine, right? I don't do that. No, you get rid of the end and you go on. Yeah. What? Push that man with a Y and put Bob in front of them. I could say I they ate Bob, right? Or yeah. Bob ate them. Or I could switch and put Bob ate them, right? Yeah. Both those would work. Mm -hmm. Right? So I can correct this and I can correct that, okay? Right? Yeah. 
But let's now think about this. I want to talk about these corrections over here. Why if I move Bob in front of the word eight and then after the word eight, that doesn't make sense? No, I'll explain to you. Okay. In English, in English, we have something called subject predicate order, which means that the subject always has to come before the predicate. Okay. Now, this pronoun is in the in the case in the in the in the place of the sentence is the subject. However, it's not the right case to be a subject. So your choices are either to turn it into the right case to be a subject and be they, and then you have a weird thing for the they that would eat a person, Bob, and this Bob's our first person. Or I can say that what we did is we just didn't have the correct order, that Bob is actually a subject. And right But these are the difference between the rules over here and the rules over here is that these rules are what are called rules of convention. Does it have to be that a language puts the subject before the predicate? No. In fact, most languages don't have that rule. English is very weird and it has that rule. Like Hebrew doesn't have that rule. Um, also, how many different cases of pronouns do you have? Also varies from language to language, right? English only has a few. Right? Some languages have as many as eight. Okay? So these are conventions, right? So we could say that in some other language, this would make perfect sense, right? If you use the equivalent of the them in that language in this order, it would make perfect sense, it would be fine. Just it doesn't work in the conventions of English, right? But we get to math, like, no, 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 this is not conventions, this is truth. So is the problem in understanding the rule or is the problem that we apply this notion of absolute truth? Yeah. The problem is here is we think this is an absolute truth. Well, maybe this is just a convention of how God runs the world, but like, he doesn't have to follow those rules. And if we, if, we thought of, if we thought of the rules of math more like we think of the rules of grammar, and we realize that it's just a convention of how Hashem deals with quantities in the physical universe, but it's nothing more than that, and so if he wants you know, one to turn into 100, it could, then would there be anything wrong with, with studying math? No. no, but it's very hard to have that mindset while studying math, right? right. And studying so math kind of weakens that mindset. That's why you have that issue. Also, so is it anything. right? So, but is it the information that's the problem? No, no it's the it. way you study it that's the right. problem. So we're assuming is that if you're studying it for a terrorist mitzvah or something, like you're going to study it differently. You'll be a little more disconnected, and then it's ultimately elevated for holiness. So in the end, it'll work out, okay, right? That's what we're assuming. That's why we have to study Hashem first. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. How do like, my is too very tough then? Like, how do people become like Bal Shuba like, in the middle of college and like, so much secular Oh, that's very simple. God, go God goes, Hello! Wake up! <laughs> and then the person has this whole explanation of why they did what they did, which is based on like their own personality and, and history and whatever. And it's like, you know, those stories you make about yourself for other people to make yourself look good, we do that for ourselves, right? But really just God decided for reasons only known to God to wake to wake up that person at that time. And then obviously that wake up call filters in the way their mind works. Right? And that wake up call would they say strengthening their innate sense of their trauma. Yeah. And by the way, you know what is gonna eventually happen? Yeah, that, and then it's not like he does it once. He's like, hello, I'm here, come find me, hello, I'm here. And that lasts for like a month or a year or two years or three years. And then what happens? Like, okay, good, you found me, bye. Yeah. And then you're back like everyone else. <laughs> That's why Bali Chuva often have this thing where they just realize that, wait a minute, like what happened? Yeah. So. I hope you get propelled far enough for the analogy that's the analogy you like to hold on to it and kind of make that last. It's like almost having an area. The way I like to think of it is that the, the, the parent 
picks the kids up for the monkey bars. But the kid has to realize they have to grab the monkey bars because oh. eventually they can let go. They can hold the monkey bars, they can crash it down. That's the way it works. Yeah. That's why people are like, once you like, make a decision, run with that. Because you have to make change. The innate sense can only be really strengthened by Hashem. The best you can do is get rid of the stuff that's covering it over. The knowledge you have to build yourself. And put yourself in the right environment. Yes, that will help. Good? All right. So we've learned all about klipa. It turns out the world is full of klipa, but it can be elevated for the most part. Um, and math is amazing. <laughs>